Check podcasts. Hi, I'm Bruce Williams. Welcome to Chamber Chats. I'm the CEO of the Greater Victoria Chamber of Commerce. Therefore, this is Chamber Chats. As always, coming to you from the podcasting studios here at the Czech Media Center, one of our Chamber Champions. I want to acknowledge, as always, that I live and work in the ancestral and ceded territories of the Lekwungen-speaking nations, known to us as the Songhees and the Esquimalt. And Chamber Chats is made possible by the support of Island Savings, a division of First West Credit Union. All the conversations we've been having with our members throughout the pandemic and things that we've said on this podcast, things you hear in media all the time are about the challenges of our supply chain. We saw that interrupted immediately at the beginning of the pandemic, and there have been disruptions all the way through that. So on this chamber chat, we want to unpack that a little bit and take a look at what the supply chain is exactly, especially in the most vital of them all, which is our food supply. To talk to us about that, we're joined by Travis Shaw. He is the VP of Wholesale with Cold Star Solutions, another one of our chamber champions. Travis, how are you? I'm excellent, Bruce. Thank you for having me here today. Look forward to chatting. Yeah, so Cold Star is a name that many of us know. We see the trucks around, we see the buildings and all that. But give give me the uh, the answer to this. Somebody said, so what is this Cold Star company? What do you guys do? So we're a wholesale and freight company uh, transporting uh, many uh, goods over from the mainland to Vancouver Island and supplying our um, Vancouver Island independent grocers, uh, as well as on the, here on Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, uh, as, as well as supplying a lot of products over, bringing over to the mainland to supply some of our bigger uh, companies around uh, the region as well. Uh, Cold Star was started about, been about 2000, uh, in January of 2000. Uh, it was started by Kelly and Jen Hawes, uh, where Kelly and, and Jen had a vision to be the trusted leader on Vancouver Island. Uh, in distribution. Uh, in 2014, they merged with a company called Wilson Foods, establishing a one-stop shop for wholesale and transport uh, com- company to service Vancouver Island and the Gulf Islands. Um, our ownership group's very active within our communities. Uh, they work with a variety of nonprofits to keep people food secure. So it's a, it's a very big operation here on the island. Uh, we're small, but we're big for Vancouver Island. And uh, that's the way we kind of want to keep it. And we like it. I want to talk actually, you say you're small, but you're big and you are. And we're going to talk about the, the sort of part of the link that you are in the supply chain. But your daily volume, uh, you say is not very big. I think it's quite enormous because you do how many runs a day and how many tons of food a day? So you'll see upwards of a million pounds a day come over from Vancouver to the Vancouver Island uh, with our great partners at C-SPAN and, and BC Ferries. Uh, so that's roughly about 20 loads a day, 20 full trailers a day are coming across the water. Uh, providing a large source of what the food distribution on Vancouver Island is. So when I say small, I mean as we are as a company, which makes us be able to be nimble and to be quick and to be able to be flexible when we need to be. But I say large because it is a very, very impactful part of the Vancouver Island fabric that we are providing, uh, bringing all that product over. Yeah, a million pounds a day. That's it's staggering to think about that. Um, so I want to sort of take a look at the, the again, we're going to unpack the supply chain. So you're the people that are bringing the stuff to the shelves on Vancouver Island that we can consume. Where are you getting that stuff when you're coming from the mainland? Where Where is that that stuff coming from? So that can come from a variety of places. Um, you know, globally, we can get things uh, many things are manufactured and produced from these bigger suppliers out in the east uh, and also in the United States. Um, you know, locally, we can pick up product that's coming 
comes down from the Okanagan, essentially, if we're looking at uh, berries and, and fruit coming out of the Okanagan in the summer, that'll come down to our Richmond warehouse. We have, it's not quite a cross dock, but that is our loading base there. And then we will dispatch trucks across the water into a variety of different warehouses we have on Vancouver Island so that we can then build out breakouts and distribute product individually to where we need it to get to. So when we take a look at that, that again, the, the chain that is beyond you, you know, as you say, are these places in the East or in the United States or overseas. So there are other companies kind of like yours that are bringing that stuff to that point in Richmond, and then you bring it over here. Is that right? Correct. Yes, we would. It's what you would call freight on board. So we would buy the product or purchase the product from a said supplier vendor, wherever that may be in the, in, in North America. Uh, and what will, they would do is they would contract that out to get the product to Vancouver. From Vancouver to the island, us being a transport company, we can be a lot quicker at getting that product into our buildings as we are uh, put ourselves as a priority to get that product in to get it to our beyond customers for sure. And you're doing all this with the trucks that you have, the refrigerated trucks and the others. But the goods that come into Vancouver, I guess into the port of Vancouver, if you will, or your center in Richmond, come from other places by truck, but they also come by train. And I guess Correct. some of it comes by airplane. Is that right? It can. It can. You know, going into uh, back a few years during the pandemic, there were certainly things that were being flown in uh, that would need to get picked up by our trucks uh, to try and get things in there because obviously there was a breakdown on the Coquihalla and the, tr the railway went down. Uh, trucking was very, very challenging at that time uh, because the demand was so great. Um, so there's only so many trucks on the road. Uh, so when things were getting delayed or having problems getting places, it didn't free up those kinds of things. So, yes, it comes by rail, uh, mainly by road and rail. Uh, but there is the occasion that you would see uh, air. Yeah. Sure. We're going to come back and talk about that storm, the atmospheric river a year ago, November. Uh, but I want to back it up right now and go back to March of 2020. And this is when one of the most visible signs of the pandemic was when suddenly, everybody talks about toilet paper, but it was so many other things, suddenly they weren't on the shelves. So tell me what happens in the Cold Star world when this pandemic is declared. So that was an interesting time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I came on right at that time. Oh, wow. uh, so a thing to walk into. Uh, but, um, it, the, you know, the, the challenges we faced was there was many long hours uh, you know, because people were reacting. It wasn't something that it was something we had heard about, you know, in, in February. Uh, and then all of a sudden March came on and it came on and hit like a bat out of, you know what? Mm -hmm. And it was very, very uh, challenging at that time because replenishment was nonstop. No matter how much you had to go and purchase and whatnot, um, there was things that were certainly an issue uh, trying to get on the self. So you would have to get creative with your sourcing. You remember the baking. Uh, hmm. uh, phenomenon that went on. People were at home, so they wanted to bake. So now you're seeing the flours and the yeast and the baking supplies flying off the shelf, and you're trying to keep up as much as you can. So very, very challenging time. Uh, it was a time that you had to be creative. Um, you know, people started working from home, uh, but we certainly had to put protocols in for staff because uh, we still had to have people at work and keep them safe. We were essential to the the fabric of what Vancouver Island is, we needed to make sure that we had people not getting ill. So it was important to set up these uh, appropriate protocols. Um, another thing we saw is it, it, people were starting to panic buy, as we'll recall. And so we had to apply minimums on certain products that we had, because otherwise one retailer would absolutely wipe you out to make sure that they were just doing what they had to do to take care of themselves. So there was a challenging time to make sure that we could make sure that we could have all our community supported as best we could at that time. 
Um, you know, Zoom was became a big thing. Yeah. Uh, we learned we learned to work from home. We've, we've actually learned from COVID yeah. that we can have this kind of meeting here like this. Um, so, you know, we learned a lot of things from COVID, as terrible as it was. Um, it's what we take from that experience and apply it to, to help us move forward. Um, so we've learned to have people stay home when they're sick, uh, not getting others sick so that we don't break down the whole uh, environment that we work in to make sure that we can continue to utilize these kinds of tools to, to support our, our, our customers. Yeah. I mean, if something like this ever happens again, and man, let's hope it doesn't, uh, the restrictions that eventually came into play that you can only buy X number of loaves of bread or X number of rolls of toilet paper uh, came out of that whole supply thing right there. What we want to talk about next, though, is how stable is our supply right now? Our chamber chat today is with uh, Travis Shaw. He is the vice president wholesale for uh, Cold Star Solutions, the company that brings much of the food to Vancouver Island that we consume. We need to bear in mind, too, that we import through companies like yours and others, 90, 90% of the food that we consume on Vancouver Island. So companies like yours and the role you play in the supply chain are so important. How are we now compared to back then in 2020? So, you know, globally, uh, the food chain was severely affected during COVID, uh, for sure. Product coming from the South was a challenging thing to get across the border. Trucks were being held up. Um, demand was high coming across Canada. Uh, it was difficult for companies to get the trucking to get the product moving. Um, things that used to take 10 days were taking sometimes double than usual. So this was not even an impact of the product not being available. You could not get the product to you. Um, you know, so those those were very challenging. Locally here, uh, the ferries and barges, who are great partners of ours, as I mentioned earlier, um, they they really stepped up for us as well, making sure. But of course, there's also the events where Mother Nature starts to have certain uh, problems. Um, so, you know, we were certainly impacted a lot. Where we are today, uh, tremendous improvement in the global side of things. Uh, we're by no means out of it. Um, from where we are today, from where we were, though, we're leaps and bounds ahead. Um, there's still many manufacturers that are not manufacturing fringe items, um, but supply in the mainstream seems to be in much better shape. Locally, things are improving uh, and they're in much better shape, providing your product isn't one of the ones that has a raw ingredient that uh, could be challenging these days with our, with our climate change and other impacts that we've seen. Um, so, you know, we, we, we see that now that as long as they're not in one of those scenarios, it can be challenging to get some of those own ingredients, but we do see locally that we are starting to rebound from that. And that I don't think that we are going to be food insecure. It's just, we are still facing some challenges for getting our luxury items or wants. Yeah. I want to go a little further up the chain right now and talk about things like the, uh, the situation that happened in a production facility in High River, the very aptly named High River, Alberta, where much of the processed meat that we consume here, production was slowed down because of the pandemic and because of the supply in general, right? Tell me about that. So they they also, if I if I recall, got hit pretty good with the COVID bug that went through, which turned into labor shortages as yes. well. Uh, so that in some of these disasters that we had uh, uh, through the pandemic, there was the labor shortages was a contributing factor to that. Uh, because people were getting knocked down. And, and so there was challenges. Packaging was another thing that very rarely gets talked about. But with, because of the demand that went so high, you usually pre-buy all your packaging. To do that, it could be 12, 14, 16 weeks before you see some of that packaging again. So where we saw things like the flour uh, go, going wild, it wasn't that we couldn't mill the flour. It wasn't that we didn't have wheat. 
It was the fact that the packaging didn't have. So you may recall, you started to see generic brown bags of packaging because a company like Robinhood didn't have any more bags. And I mean, we forget about that. And the average consumer doesn't realize some of those issues that are challenging there. It's not always just the supply. Sometimes it's supply of certain little things, a lid for a can, a bag for a, a package, things like that. You had mentioned too the uh, the jump in baking. People needed comfort food. They needed mommy food. They wanted to do things that smelled good and make them feel good. But at the same time, we couldn't go into restaurants, so people were eating at home much, much more. So, let's talk about the broader sense of supplies and what people were after, and how that changed your business. For sure, uh, sales definitely went up, uh, which created more demand and and applied pressure on an already stressed supply chain. Uh, due to you know labor shortages, packaging, broad ingredients that we discussed, uh, as you said, comfort with the baking, the snacking category soared uh, mm. in that in that thing. Uh, when you're going through uh, an unsettled time, everybody handles it differently. Uh, you want comfort, you want snacking, you you know. So we saw a lot of popcorn, you saw a lot of chips, you saw a lot of cookies, you saw a lot of crackers. Uh, that definitely soared, um, and you know we still see that somewhat. But we have learned to live with it better now. Um, you know, the panic buying certainly added a bit of pressure in those times uh, when people were staying home. So you've definitely seen an increase in demand, which was applying more stress to a uh, already challenging uh, time. Uh, but that was that was the world we were living in then. And uh, it was it was an interesting time, to say the least, to be part of wholesale and distribution. I assure you that. Certainly was a difference in the supply of vegetables and fruit in the produce sections. Those were shelves that actually, even now, are, are still quite empty at times. Tell me about that. That is related to more climate uh, in some of those things. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very, very uh, difficult thing that some of these growers are facing, um, not just locally, but abroad, um, you know, as you said, we'll get into something a little bit later. You mentioned about the atmospheric river, but all that stuff is actually happening currently now uh, down in California. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're seeing the wind and the rain uh, wipe out crops, uh, which therefore means that we cannot get those kinds of products because our climate just doesn't grow those particular kinds of products at this time. So you still will see some of those uh, shortages that pop up from time to time, which is not necessarily related to the pandemic, that's more related to climate challenges in the produce sector. Where it transfers over is when you look, if those kinds of products are then canned or if they're put in products that you buy off your grocery shelf in the grocery world, that's where you start to see some of those shortages because now they're on allocation from the manufacturers because you can't have one supply, one vendor buying all the product and then not having it elsewhere. So those are two different challenges, but related. Uh, just for point of reference to this recording is happening uh, January the 11th, which is when the big rainstorms and again, the, the atmospheric river are moving into California. We had our own back in uh, November of 2021. I want to talk about that next. Our guest on Chamber Chats today is Travis Shaw. He is the Vice President of Wholesale for Cold Star Solutions, one of our Chamber champions, in fact. So the big storm that happened a year ago, November, Travis, when we talk about things further up the supply chain, that you're having things brought into Vancouver from Ontario, from the prairies, from the states, wherever it was. So that storm came along and knocked out the entire route. It's it, it, like the Coquihalla was was washed out. What impact did that have on your business and therefore on all of us? On all of us, yes. It, it really was a massive factor. Uh, that thoroughfare is a, a main artery to get us uh, here, uh, to get our food here. Uh, I give all the credit to uh, many of our trucking companies, uh, not Cold Star, I mean our Beyond Carriers that were doing their due diligence to take different routes to get things down to us 
um, what we saw was uh, several days delay. Um, and so obviously a very, very challenging time. Um, and, and again, it was right at the, you know, I know this started in March of 2020, but we were still in the very big height of COVID at 2021, November, when that started leading into a Christmas season, it was heartbreaking seeing what happened to the people in the Fraser Valley, uh, Abbotsford and, and, and whatnot area, Chilliwack. It was absolutely heartbreaking seeing that happen. So with trucking already being an issue, now the railway is knocked down, uh, strong stress on manufacturers already. I mean, the impact was massive. Um, again, leading into Christmas, it was it was a devastating time. Um, it's it's not necessarily a factor anymore. I thought that the the the, the Kogahala got back together fairly quickly, yeah. all things considered. Um, I thought that was a, a a very fortunate thing for us. I think that could have been even worse. Hard for us to imagine that, but it could have been even worse. Uh, but they did manage to get temporary structures in place and it was roughly about a month later. And I thought that was going to be several months. So very impressed with how that happened. It definitely impacted us leading up, but everybody in the province was in it together. We were all aware of it. There wasn't a lot of backlash uh, uh, from customers and consumers that everybody understood. It's just, it was a challenging time that we were in. Overall, I think we are on the way back. Uh, but I certainly, you know, I, I tread carefully when I say those comments because I know there was a lot of devastation that happened to a lot of hardworking people with their livestock that uh, really changed their lives as much as it's changed ours. And when we talk about climate episodes elsewhere in the world, we refer to the California storms. I think about things that we consume here that we are never, ever going to grow here. We're always going to bring pineapples, oranges, limes, citrus fruit, lychee, all that kind of stuff. Do you think consumer habits are going to change when those items become more rare, in other words, more expensive? These are luxury items. These are wants. And sometimes you have to pay a little bit more for those luxury items. Do we see maybe some shopping habits change there? Yes. Uh, but do I see them not coming? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think I think we'll still be sourcing those. Um, but again, they're, they they become luxury items uh, was, with everything we're going through in today's world right now. Uh, people are changing their shopping habits already. Never mind the climate, never mind the supply. There's other issues that are impacting families uh, at home. These are luxury and uh, items and, and more impulse buys. The staples will definitely be concentrated on and focused on, uh, but uh, we would still expect these things to be being purchased. Grocery-wise, I think you could see a drawback on certain items. Um, you know, the, again, the, I could use an example of not anybody in particular, but let's take a fudge company, for example, that has 20 flavors. Do you need all 20? Could that be 8, 12 flavors? Um, and that way you can start to see, you know, production being scaled back a little bit in that area uh, so that they can, one, become a little bit more efficient and two, you know, when you're making one big batch as opposed to 20 batches, you, you can start to uh, maximize your efficiencies. Yeah. So what about the, uh, like the $9 head of lettuce and the, uh, I'm a guy that eats yogurt for breakfast and I like to put fresh fruit on it. And to the point now that I, I actually stored in frozen fruits so that I can have it through the wintertime. I have never done that before because the last time I looked a pint of like raspberries was uh, eight bucks or something. Is that, okay. is that ever going to change? That will change. Um, you will see a little bit of difference in that. That comes down to, here's the problem with it, it'll change. It's all dependent on weather. Um, why those things are increasing is not necessarily just the, the, the fuel costs and the shipping costs. Yes, that's an element of it. 
but what you're seeing there is supply is down due to incidents that has happened uh, it, it within North America. So when you talk about berries, um, you know, if, if the, the, the wind and the rain, that, that becomes very challenging on them. Uh, they're not used to that. They need heat. Um, and whereas we're going with the lettuce, like, you know, in the wintertime, obviously we don't grow that here in BC. So we source that from California for the most part. Uh, and when they go through some of these challenges, the price skyrockets because of the supply. Uh, you'll recall a month ago, you were seeing cauliflower being sold for anywhere from $9.99 to $12.99 a head in a store. Uh, in the peak time of a summer, you know, that, that might be roughly, you know, $1.99, yeah. uh, $2.99. So you're, you're looking at significant increases based off of the supply challenges that we're seeing from some of the climate challenges that we're facing in that, as well as uh, the, some of the other uh, uh, leading causes to where we're going here with the supply. The supply costs and fuel costs and whatnot. Yeah, and to wrap it up, an interesting thing actually, the Canadian Chamber AGM in Ottawa this past fall, which I attended, uh, there were a number of policy resolutions that came to the floor all about finding and retaining truck drivers, which are a shortage. So, right, so that's going to be another part in the whole supply thing. I want to just, before we end though, talk about Cold Star Solutions and your commitment to community because you support something that we spoke about on a chamber chat not long ago called Because, uh, but you do a lot of uh, neighborhood food project support too. Tell me about that. Yes, uh, so our, our 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 ownership group is very big on uh, supporting um, food insecure places. Uh, so uh, big big supporters of a community project that uh, community project that uh, is run by our, our team here. That you know, Chen Haas is a very very big proponent of this. Uh, the Rainbow Kitchen um, is is one of our many uh, uh, suppliers that we do. But neighborhood houses, the Sandwich Neighborhood House, the James Bay Community Project, to name a few. Uh, certainly want to try and make sure that we keep everybody food secure where they can. These aren't just donations for product that is starting to go. We also will donate. We have an actual platform. Where we'll donate to these uh, uh, places uh, with any of the product that we have on hand to make sure that we keep our communities food secure as best we can or do our part towards it anyways. Well, thanks for all you do and cheers for all you do to keep us fed and uh, the support in the community too. Travis Shaw is the Vice President of Wholesale for Cold Star Solutions. Proud to call them one of our chamber champions. Travis, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Bruce. Nice talking with you. We'll see you all again for another Chamber Chat.